Hello, friends. Um, okay, so last I checked in, I'm on this process. Uh, I'm on this... Um, I'm undergoing a process of revolutionizing my work life. And it started... I mean, the most the most recent big change was deciding that until 11 a.m. every day, I'm going to go through all the stuff I always put off in life. Emails, support, pull requests, those types of dirty dishes. Basically, do the dirty dishes for like two to three hours at the beginning of every day. And I started off really strong and it felt amazing. And I reported back to you and it was like, this is great. And then I had a week of like, okay, I kind of resent this. And it keeps bleeding past that time frame. And it kind of kills the creativity and innovation and motivation for the, for the second half of the day where I want to like work on the big important stuff. So that's taking a backseat and that's the big important stuff and it shouldn't. So I don't really know what to do. So yeah, so that was kind of the state of things. Um, but I have experienced somewhat of a reversal. So I've been able to still be super productive and passionate for the second half of the day when I'm brutally, when I'm like really careful to, to wall off at 11 AM because you can get a good amount done before 11. I think it is, it is hard to get some of the big dirty dish stuff. So there's some pull requests that require like much more than an hour, you know, and that's, I don't really have a system for that yet. Um, yeah. And I don't, and I like, I look forward to being done with this part so much that like, I kind of dread the thought of having one day a week where I just do this the whole day instead of just in every morning, you know, like that sounds horrible to me, but maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe I need to bite the bullet and like one day a week, you spend all day on the dirty dishes so that that gives you the opportunity to really like take care of some of the big dirty dishes. That's probably something that needs to happen. This is another thing I'm coming across is that this system is a big improvement for me, but I've found like there's no getting around work that you just don't want to do. You know, there's still work that I just don't want to do. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. So, okay. So the journey is um, new productivity tool, feel amazing about it. This is just how every new productivity life change for me happens. You go, oh, this is amazing. Life changed. Okay. Then a little bit of like seeing the chinks in the armor and going like, ah, you know, I've lived with this for a minute and it's whatever. There's some chinks in the armor and then a little bit of resentment and feeling those a little bit more and then fixing them and feeling better. And that's kind of where we're at. Um, so here's, here's, uh, so that's, that's that one, this is phase one of this, of why I'm here. What I'm here to talk about is that, but more broadly, I think my current obsession right now needs to be systems. And it's so funny because these are things that people say and people are, are, um, excited about an into in the entrepreneur, uh, space. Uh, you know, I've heard about this stuff forever, systems thinking and game theory and whatever. And like companies are need like systems. I remember like getting into the system stuff at Titan. There's like, it's like a bathtub and water goes in and goes out and it's a system. And so I don't know, I don't know, but whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm, I got fresh eyes for this. So I was, uh, the last podcast I recorded Philo, listened to it and came to me and he's like, dude, a lot of what you're saying totally resonates with me. I just picked up this book, the E-Myth Revisited. And it's, I think it's a lot of, like it addresses a lot of the things you're talking about. I'm really into it. You know, you should take a look. So the E-Myth Revisited, I consider, uh, I had it on my bookshelf at one point. I consider it in the family of business books that is like 
really highly regarded. And like, if you've worked at a bunch of companies, I'm sure one of them has had you buy this book. And so it's like kind of a legendary book, but you know, it just looks old and it reads old. I'm trying to think of other ones like this. There's the, there's that one about, um, engineering management. There's like the big something or engineering management. It tells this like whole story about, a you know, an engineering team and all the things, the trials that they hit and you know, whatever. It's just a big story. It's like written like a novel. I can't think of the name. I'm sure you know the name. These books, this family of books, they're like cheesy, you know, even, um, what's, uh, like, uh, how to win friends and influence people. That's like kind of a, a cheesy book. You know, I, I think this is a little more cheesy than that. They're just like filled with anecdotes. Um, it's this weird thing where like, these are good books to read, but you feel like, can't you just summarize this in a blog post for me and skip all the forced anecdotes that are clearly fabricated? Like, can we just move past that and just give me the meat and potatoes? So it's a little hard to get through some of these books, but I pick it up and I just decide to actually just read, read it. And I'm about halfway through and, you know, I'm kind of like, uh, buck or whatever. I'm, I'm gritting, grit, bearing, grit, whatever. I'm gritting my teeth and bearing the annoying parts and lengthy anecdotes and finding that it's fantastic and I'm loving this book and I'm obsessed with it. So I'm, I think I'm going to write a book report. I've been taking notes and kind of treating it like I'm in high school reading a book and needing to write a book report because it's helping me under, like focus a lot better on the lessons in the book and retain them. Um, and so I'll probably put that in a blog post. But here's kind of the gist is like, I guess the first half is just kind of setting the stage and the e-myth is the entrepreneurial myth that entrepreneurs or small business owners are entrepreneurs in that they like start a business to, you know, um, deploy capital and combine resources to create value in the marketplace and extract, you know, capital, more capital than they put in, whatever, you know, entrepreneur business capitalism, you know, it's like, that's not what it is. It's actually, uh, he uses the word technician for this, for people like us who are like programmers, skilled people. It's like, it's really just technicians who don't want a boss. So they go out on their own and that's what small businesses are. And most of them fail because it's totally set up for failure. And here's why the gist is that like, it's one, you're a technician and you have that technician mindset and you have that, like, I don't want a boss. I'm going to be my own boss, but you're still a technician. And what you need, what a business needs is three roles, an entrepreneur, a manager and technician. Those are the three roles that need to be, you know, played, whether it's just one person or a team of people. So in my case, it's just one person and I need to be filling the entrepreneurial road, meaning I need to roll. I need to look to the future. I need to see what's ahead and make plans and, and find like what the market demands and what my customers need and value and the things that, you know, the ways we should be pivoting or providing that value, setting the roadmap, you know, that's the entrepreneur. And then the manager needs to make sure that everything we have out there right now is kept up, that support requests are being handled, that that, that our apps are bug free, that things, uh, you know, are staying fresh. Old stuff is staying for all that Disney stuff that I was talking about. Something needs to be well managed. Um, and then the technician is the person that just does the work. You know, we need to build this new thing. They build that new thing and we need to manage that old thing. They build, they work on that thing to fix it. You know, that's the technician. The technician is the sort of mindless workhorse, you know? And so, so yeah, his, his claim is that the reason like so many small businesses fail is because they start out as just technicians and they don't grow very far beyond that. And they have to do these other roles because you need to do them. Um, but they stink at them. So they're like 80% technician, 20% uh, 
manager and 0%, I don't know, I just messed up the math, so I chose zero. Let's say 80, 10, 10, you know, they're, but they're mostly just a technician and this is why things go wrong. So, okay, that's kind of the, the setup. And it's like, oh yeah, okay, that resonates with me pretty big time, yeah. Um, and it's really hard to change roles in a single day. That's a big problem is usually the entrepreneur stuff happens for me like in the shower, on a walk. I'm just kind of ruminating on things or, you know, like that's when that sort of happens for me. The manager just never happens. It happens when when I'm like, when I really need to make it happen. That's my weakest area. And then the technician is doing the work that needs to be done every day for eight hours. That's the work day. So it's like all my working time is technician. Very little of it is entrepreneurial and managerial. Now I've changed things to introduce the manager into my everyday life. The manager starts the day for the first two to three hours of the day. The technician finishes it. But I still don't have an entrepreneurial component figured out. I don't have a lot figured out. Okay, so that's the setup. Then the second half of the problem, he sort of... That those are the roles, and then he gives the timeline. There are the phases of a company. There's it goes from infancy to adolescence to maturity, and uh, the infancy phase is just the single person operator business. You know, just me. I'm here writing the code and fixing the bugs and marketing this stuff and tweeting and emailing and and whatever. All this stuff. It's like that's the infancy phase. The adolescence phase is, you know, the infancy phase starts out as like oh, this is great. This is awesome. Like, uh, I'm going to go out on my own. I, it's nothing but opportunity. I'm willing to do the work. Let's do it. And people are like, oh, this is awesome. It's a single guy. He cares so much about the business. It's his real voice. You know, I feel like I'm really like paying this one person to be great. And it's like your hair cutter. It's like this one guy he does it. He knows my, my ch- kids' names and stuff. Okay. People, word gets out that has some amount of success. And then you get overwhelmed and there's too many people and too much to do. So you start to break down and you start, your quality starts to suffer. And it's like, oh, my hairdresser like thought that I wanted, that, thought my kid's name was Sally and it's Jim, Jimmy or something, you know? So, so it's like, okay, I need more help. So you hire help. Now you're in the adolescence phase when you hire help. And that has its own similar trajectory of like, oh, this is great. We got some help. Frees me up to do the stuff I need to do. But then that there's no like direction and that helps not managed. So they just are doing whatever they need to do, which is just a sort of like a clone of yourself and all the problems you had, they're going to have. And then your organization really is just a bigger version of what the problem was in the first place. So it's disorganized. It's chaotic. It's just reactionary doing the things that need to be done. And then you get frustrated with that and you have a few options. It's like from the adolescency phase, you kind of either like double down and just go until uh, the fire burns out and everything explodes until the chaos is just too much or you shrink. You decide that like, I'm going to go back to uh, the infancy phase because I can't handle this and I don't, this is out of my comfort zone. I don't know how to manage this, but I did know how to manage one person and then you kind of doom to repeat the infancy phase. So this resonates with me because I've been oscillating between infancy and adolescence for years. It's like I've tried to hire people many times before and I get into that adolescence phase, but I'm not a manager. I don't know how to manage and I don't know how to entrepreneur properly. So I'm like sort of recognizing those shortcomings in myself where I just expect I'm just going to bring somebody on and they're just going to make my life easier, you know, because they're just going to be self-driven. They're going to know what to do. And that's just not the case. Um, you know, I myself need a manager and, and an entrepreneur. That hired person needs a manager and entrepreneur. And who does that need to be? It needs to be me unless I hire a manager to manage them, you know, whatever. Um, people need to be managed, including myself. It's sort of a realization that I'm coming to. So I'm really like open to these ideas of more traditional kind of structural stuff. So yeah, so he lays that out. And it's like, well, how do you get to maturity? So what he says is like, so what you, what, 
what you might not expect is a mature business doesn't always start. It, it, it starts as a mature business. It's not like a natural path from infancy to adolescence to maturity. A lot of times it's infancy to adolescence to explosion or back to adolescence. And then a mature company, often they started as a mature company. They started with these components built in place and a plan and systems and whatever. So that's what this book is about, is how to be a mature company from day one and basically employing this entrepreneurial model instead of the technician model. It talks about like the technician's view when you start is you're looking up through those tiers. You, all you see is technician. And then above you, you see, you know, through the fog of technician, you see managerial tasks. And then through that, you see entrepreneurial. But what you should be doing is looking down on yourself, looking down through, starting as, for, as the entrepreneur, steering the ship, deciding what needs to be done, looking down to the manager, telling the manager what work needs to be managed, and then the manager managing the technician to do and deploy that work rather than the other way around. So he calls it the difference between being tactical, which is looking up through those tiers and then strategic looking down and strategizing and steering the ship. Okay. So all of that is pretty much what I learned yesterday, reading the first half of the book. The second half is about what do you do about that? And so he's sort of introing like the turnkey business. It's really so far, it's just a pitch for franchising. And he's like, but don't think of it like I'm telling you to start a franchise. Think of it like you need to make your business franchisable, whether or not you're going to be a franchise. Like when you buy a franchise like a McDonald's, you're not buying what you're buying is a business that works. And you want to make your business a business that works. You want to make the product of your business the business, not the product, um, not the person. You know, these are things that are like very interesting to me, but are seem like big challenges for me. And I see my own need for them. So I'm starting with systems. That's what I came here to say. Systems. I'm starting with systems. I need systems. I'm starting small, but the smallest thing I can conceivably do. A system for handling support support requests. What's the trigger for the system? Well, it's a daily task that happens first thing. So trigger, done. What's the, the process of the system? Go through each one, starting newest support email first. Look at the newest one. What does it say? Is it... Uh, somebody's unsatisfied put, you know, well, that's a refund. So put that in saved reply for refund. Somebody has a technical problem with live wire, have a scanned response. I don't do that kind of help here. Go to GitHub discussions. Is it, you know, basically have a workflow. So what I'm doing is creating sort of flow charts for these systems and designing them as I go. As I'm doing the things I do every day, you know, I have my internal flow charts, codifying those flow charts by just expressing them because, you know, everything I do is a path in an imaginary flow chart. So if I write out that path and then keep writing out these different paths, hopefully I'll be able to identify the flow that those paths are taking and then a flow chart could emerge. That's my dream, but we'll see how that goes because it starts to get a little bit more interesting. It's like easy to do a support email flow chart but it's not easy to do a pull requests flowchart. How do I handle that? The decision-making involved in that, in, in asking for more clarification and closing something and merging something and working on something and how to work on that thing and the flowcharts within working on that thing. So I think after this book, my next mission is to get really interested in systems. Uh, please recommend me your books on systems. I forget a few of the popular ones that people are into. So help me out. Let me know what I need to read um, on that. So that. Oh, I just hit mute on my mic. That's the update. See ya.